it was just exactly as a beer should be. And so you end up over-hyping something that shouldn't be hyped at all, <laughs> except that it's just so as it should be. And then it kind that's, of stands that's out. That's good though. What do, you want? Well, what do you want it to be? But, what do you want it to be? Pure gold. Well, no, because then, well, but, that's, no, but, but that's what I'm saying. That, and, and, and that's the thing. But then, you know, was it really that good? And I'm going, well, well, no. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News, and in particular, Brews News Week, which is this. It's our regular wrap-up of all that's made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views, and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Kierkegaard, and ace reporter and senior journalist, Claire Burnett. G'day, guys. All right, Pete. Morning, Pete. How does this How does this fine day find you? Not too shabby. Yeah. Well, weird. There's a weird vibe going on there, don't you find? It's getting to the end of the year. Yeah, it's, I think that's you know, what it is. Tired. Um, just yeah. It's there been, is a bit been, of that. It's, it's been a big year. Yeah, it has. It's been massive. Um, <laughs> we're ready for a rest, aren't we? I think. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we, we do the compulsory close over Christmas, and mm. we're going to have to start thinking about our what our Christmas episode is going to look like this year. And we've already got the Christmas party planned, though. Oh, we do have the Christmas right, party so planned. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate so that. So, unfortunately, Pete won't be able to join us unless he flies up now. Yeah. Uh, no, well, yeah. And g'day to Uncle Dennis, um, my mum's brother, who's in his. <laughs> Late seventies, yeah, early eighties. Um, who has has been planning to come down, um, and then of course you know there's lockdowns and all the rest of it, and finally uh, was coming down next week until uh, last night. Uh, your fine premier Anastasia better stay away, <laughs> um, declared as a red zone. So Ooh. he's not coming down now. So uh, we'll we'll hopefully uh, reconvene in the new year. But you know these <laughs> things happen. Oh, what a nightmare! Yeah. So the answer to that clear is I think I can. Get there, but I think I have to like double isolate oh, for, for like two end. weeks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think I might and have I, to be quarantining over Christmas actually, because my been sister's so long planning since on going. Up. Ugh, I know it's been it's, it must have been a year, Pete. But you may remember that I have very expensive tastes, so you um, do. it's true. The, the Bruise News Empire having to foot the bill for two weeks <laughs> me either side, so I can have one beer with you guys That's at lunch. It. We have to raid the uh, war chest for that. Probably not. We? Probably not the best use of our sponsors' money. <laughs> Sadly true. Yeah, that's right. Uh, now, a bit to get through. I think we'll just cross live now to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of stories making news in beer this week. Uh, and Claire, uh, we begin with the story about uh, a brewery in Marrickville. <laughs> yes, that was unusual. Oh, what a, a shocker. brewery in Marrickville. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> and it made me laugh all the comments to that effect uh, under this one on the Facebook group as well. Um, Hawks launching their production brewery in Marrickville. It's been a long time coming. Um, launched around in 2017. Past couple of years, the, the guys, David Gibson, Nathan Lennon, the co-founders, have been on the lookout for a brewery. Now they've got it. Uh, they brewed their first beers, but interestingly, they aren't planning on opening properly to to customers, um, opening their venue, until early next year. Um, so they've got everything pretty much set up and ready to go. Um, head brewer Brody French, who used to be at Source, uh, he's brewing, he's made his first beers, they're doing the core range there, but yeah, not open to the public yet. And um, it was 
fascinating to hear their reasons why they were just like there's just no point we can't get the staff and I was like that's interesting because that's obviously what we've been hearing a lot in the like mainstream media bigger hospitality groups and things like that so it's interesting that they've just decided to skip that and hopefully uh be open in the new year but yeah congrats to them that's a big project yeah good on them yeah probably probably a smart move yeah um I think particular and look I, I know Mel- uh, Melbourne is probably amplified uh because of the lockdown was so long and the hospitality and um uh you know live entertainment music industry yeah. is, is 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 so much a part of Melbourne culture that it's really noticeable that it's um it's really been kicked in the guts yeah. and I think yeah with a lot of people now are, are just sort of anecdotally there's just just a little chat around that the, the the customer experience is just different you know people are just a it, it, it's just going to take a while I think before people kind of uh relax and and, yeah. and ease back yeah. into it and if you didn't have to open uh a consumer facing brewing experience then yes. yeah, I wouldn't I think I'd just be exactly. a production brewery for as long as I could and then um, wait <laughs> yeah. until things, you know, uh, a bit of yeah, the nonsense subsides and normality returns. That's it. And they're solid on the wholesale front. Like, it's not like they're starting from scratch. So they've got those revenues coming in um, while they're waiting for the opportune moment. So it's pro- probably a clever strategy, good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, now, this one, I've got to say that this is quite a new one to me because it, you, you – just cut and pasted it in. Triple One Three launches <laughs> a crowdfund. What's Triple One Three? Triple One Three is Other Side Brewing Co. in Western Australia's parent company. They are very much not just the brewing company, though. They do a lot of other venues, bars, type things like that, and that's a lot of uh, their board's experience lies not in brewing necessarily, but in hospo. And they've just launched a crowdfunding campaign just last week. They opened to the public. Uh, it's already surpassed its minimum of five hundred thousand uh, dollars. The maximum is set at two point. 5 million uh, and they've raised just under 900,000 I won't give you an exact figure because it'll definitely be have changed by the time everybody listens to this another really good one obviously we've seen a lot of uh, crowdfunding campaigns this year some pretty successful in fact most of them have in fact all of them have got over their minimum this is a big one this is an interesting one as well because I think that especially while WA has been very much, un, not, well, I don't want to say untouched, but not as impacted by COVID as a lot of other states. So potentially their brewers aren't as uh, impacted in the same way that like Hawks would have been had they been open. But again, they've got big plans and they want to fund it. And it was an fascinating to hear about how they are going to deal with uh, their share, their new shareholders because obviously we've seen in the past that some of the potentially the ones that haven't lived up to their expectations that have done crowdfunds before you could tell reasonably early on from when they weren't very good at communicating with their investors their financials were late you know there's lots of funny funny little things that's just sort of, they individually aren't bad but collectively kind of implies something's going on whereas triple one three other side brewing they've had their beer tycoons group which is like a beer club um for i think four or five years now and so they are practiced in communicating with uh really engaged members of their community so beer tycoons isn't uh, a shareholding thing it's it's a beer club as i say but very like good practice effectively for this um so yeah good on them we'll see how it goes as I say they've already surpassed the minimum so they're going to get something out of it anyway Uh, I think they've got about 12 days left so we'll see if they manage to hit the 2.5 million well speaking of good on them last week I I do believe the Kierkegaard curse kicked in yet again 
Um, <laughs> didn't didn't we, last week? First time in a long while, Matt just happened to drop the name Matt Tapper, who <laughs> back, back then uh, yeah. was the managing director of Lion Little World Beverages. Uh, MD steps down at Lion Little World Beverages. Indeed. Yeah, Ed, look, don't know much about this one. Lion uh, has announced that Matt Tapper, managing director, is leaving the company after the acquisition. Um, the head of New Belgium is stepping in to take his role. Um, but Matt's not just coming back to Australia to resume at line he's uh, leaving. So we don't know, you know, again, don't know too much about it. And I'll be honest, this is one of the stories that you sort of think, well, gee, I'd love to know more about this story, but if I phone, you're just gonna, We're not going to get anything you, on that Yeah, one. like it's, it's, gonna, it's kind of going to be family reasons or, you know, one of the, so can't enlighten, enlighten you. It's shame. Uh, Matt's sort of uh, really driven a, a lot that's happened, you know, with Little World Beverages. Um, it, it, it's been interesting to stand back and watch, Pete, because I think we talked about it um, you know, we went, made a special trip to San Francisco when we were up there um, specifically to visit Little World Beverages and check it out. Little Creatures. Oh, sorry, Little, little, little Creatures. Yeah. And, yeah, it was a nice venue, but, you know, we couldn't quite work out what the brand offer for Little Creatures was in the home mm. of the American Pale Ale. Um, I visited Little Creatures in Singapore on my way over there. Same sort of thing. And... Since then, they've acquired a couple of breweries. So it's been, yeah, it's just been interesting to see what the Lion strategy is. But again, it's one of those things that you'd really almost have to read the tea leaves um, mm. because mm. no one's actually going to come out and say, say it. Yeah, because he's only been in the US for like a year or so, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I spoke to him. It was during the COVID lockdowns. So mm. at the start, so probably about 18 months. So ah. it was at the start of the COVID lockdowns that he went over there. And uh, you know, I was keen to have a bit of a chat. We had spoke on a very, very scratchy line that wasn't really oh. podcastable. Um, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, interesting going on. If anyone knows, let us know. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the bloke's done well and we, we, we wish him well in yeah. the future. So next story, 38% respo- 38% of respondents experienced abuse, says Beer Diversity Survey. This one, it kind of, it was, it was horrible to read, actually. Uh, so... Beer Agents for Change, you may remember a couple of months ago, launched a diversity survey uh, to sort of establish a benchmark for, you know, what's going on in the industry. Is it as bad as we fear it is um, in terms of diversity, sexism, um, inclusion? Obviously, following the allegations of sexism in the US industry earlier this year, and we did the podcast with Kylie at the IBA and Sabrina, who was then at the Brewers Guild, and Tiff Waldron at Pink Boots. So this is these are results of the survey, and actually some really horrible results that came out. And I think the, I, the couple of people I've spoken to about it yesterday were like, I can't believe it. I'm like absolutely shocked. Uh, so a stack... And staggering is right. Staggering, 38% of respondents have experienced abuse or harassment in the workplace. 20% have experienced sexual abuse or harassment. 20% have experienced abuse or harassment due to gender. Uh, and of those who experienced abuse, um, 90% were female. And there's some like really stark figures that came out from that one. Uh, so at the time we were thinking, you know, from where we sit, we haven't heard as much Maybe we haven't, I haven't been asking necessarily. Obviously, we do focus on the business side of it a bit more, but culture is part of that. So definitely something we're keeping on our radar. But I'm just really glad that um, they managed to do this. Beer Agents for Change were fantastic for taking this on. Um, But I'd really like to see some change in the industry. Obviously, we've seen the IBA Code of Conduct come out. 
which is fantastic. Uh, and it's just how we're going to deal with this in future. And um, I don't know, there's no easy answer or anything like that. But it's good to know that this is there and um, we can point to it and say, you know, this is a problem and we need to be doing something about it. Mm. Just in my news feed uh, that, that's come up, the ABC has picked up the story as well. Fantastic. Um, talking about it under the, head, under the heading, um, harassment abuse claims in Australian beer industry spark calls for change. Wow, crazy. That's mad. Um, um, in, incidentally, uh, you had some great feedback on your conversation this week uh, with Eden from oh, yeah. Prancing Pony, uh, yeah. sort of talking, uh, you know, a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the, the issue. So, congratulations oh, on that. So, thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll put that comment down the bottom because I thought that was really nice, actually. Um, that that got mentioned mm. and we obviously talked a, a bit about Eden and I talked a bit about pink boots and things like that. So there are mechanisms within the industry um, that are working on this issue. And I think it's just a collective thing that we need to sort of work to towards together, I suppose. Uh, speaking of working together, Corumban Valley is set to expand after a state grant. They are indeed. So Corumban Valley, who I'm sadly been in, not well, not been in contact, but I've written about them before in relation to a number of ABAC things. So it was really nice to be able to do something nice. Um, and talk about them being really successful. They've secured a business boost grant uh, from the Queensland government, about $15,000 to help with the development costs for a new site. So I don't know if you guys know that much about Corumban Valley, but they're out on a big farm um, in like the Gold Coast hinterland, basically. And uh, they can't have a tap room there. They've got a little tiny little production brewery and it's really limited. Um, The local council is basically like, because you're, a rural setting and this is a a farm effectively you can only they cap them at like 40,000 litres and I was like oh my god how can you make anything worthwhile out of that so the they had exactly the same thought um Pete Smokey uh Weldon and Luke Ronalds uh they founded it in 2016 and now they're finally looking for a new site and this grant will help them towards the cost for doing the development and all that kind of stuff I believe they have an eye on a site uh but nothing's been like secured or anything yet so um we'll keep that one on the download for now um but it was such a nice story to write that you know they've got to this point and they've always really wanted a tap room but it's just never been it like they've never been able to and then they've been really really successful online um and wholesale and doing wholesale i think they won the gab's uh best festival beer and i think 2019 people's choice. people's choice that was it yeah um yeah, they won that and it just sort of kick-started their growth and just their beers were in demand. So now they're able, they've got to this point and they're able to uh, like finally expand that. So the tap room's coming first. Obviously, they've got the brewery on the go. Uh, so they don't need to worry about a production brewery just yet. So tap room's coming first and then hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, a bigger brewery. Uh, so we're going to hopefully get to about 200,000 litres with that. Uh, but those are future plans. Nothing's secured yet. Nothing's happening just yet. But that's that's what they like to do. So, yeah, congratulations to, to those guys. Yeah, Pete and Luke, um, just terrific blokes and, and good to see them winning. And speaking of winning, Claire, Indeed. the 2021 Sydney Royal Beer and Cider Show winners have been revealed. Indeed. So we I don't know how we managed to miss this one off last week, but... However we did it, we did it. Um, so I definitely thought we wanted to have a chat about it. And I love this one because uh, Slow Lane Brewing, who we've covered before when they opened earlier this year, uh, took home Champion Package Beer and Best New South Wales Beer at the Sydney Royal Beer Insider Show. We're going to have to get our hands on this. I'm not sure if they've sent us this before, the threefold Belgian triple. 
And this was obviously their first time. They've only just opened and just a testament to how well they've done in such a short amount of time. And it was really interesting because obviously they, that they call slow lane. They do everything a little bit slower than you would have maybe in a normal brewery perhaps, the, perhaps the, tradi- the traditional the, way the yeah yeah exactly yeah. um and they've clearly done so well um we had a load of other winners as well so go check that list out um but i think that was just so amazing and just well done to them that was brilliant yeah i recall there's another brewery that's um it's owned by one of the one of the big guys but um one of their taglines for a long while there was uh, living life in the slow lane wasn't it man whose was that it was on the back of a caravan stone wood at the echo yeah there you go. Yeah, oh, I forgot for a second there that they've been bought, and I was like, "Who are you talking about?" <laughs> live life in the slow lane, which is a, which is a great um, uh, motto to live by. Absolutely, uh, and terrific. Well done to Slow Lane. A for um, for you know hitting the ground running uh, as a new brewery, but um, which of course has got nothing to do with the judging because nobody knows what the beer is. But the fact that the Belgian triple um, has has so like and, and it's a it, you know that's like. A difficult beer to it's it's got to be really 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 good mm. to to take a big gong. Mm. Have you not had one of these yet? A little Pete? bit rare. No, oh, no. We'll see if we can get our hands on no, some. Had not had not heard of them until the until the news came out. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, who's the new? We were just talking about Gage Roads and Brewers yeah. just last week. Or the week before, and uh, they've just announced a new head brewer. They have indeed uh, for their Fremantle venue. So, don't know if you remember, but they're investing oh, in Sorry, their yes. huge, this huge big Gage Roads venue in Fremantle, I believe, at Victoria Keys, and they've appointed Simone Clements uh, to lead the site's brewing operations. So, I had a really nice chat with Simone, uh, just chatting about where how she got to where she got. Uh, she has a science background. She was like a lab tech, uh, did lots of quality assurance things, and then she was like, one day, oh, I want quite fancy a bit of brewing so it was really nice just to see how Gage had like brought her up internally and trained her internally and now she is like helming a massive big project a really customer facing project and she brought up a really interesting point which was that she'd obviously been on the purely on the production side uh before this and now she's going to have to be doing a little bit more of the customer facing thing and I kept thinking do you know what absolutely right because I see loads of people doing like brewers tables and things like that and meet the brewer sessions and I think the, the guys did one at Moffat Beach and I know Tom Champion at Felons does a lot of them and just everybody does and I never thought I forgot that you kind of have to be a bit more of a performer and a bit more of a like personable customer facing type person when you do that and that that's a big leap that's that's a scary leap when you've just been chucking hops in and tinkering with spreadsheets and doing all that kind of stuff uh in the background so good luck to her and yeah the thought be a great one so they're not obviously not open yet um summer 2022 they're aiming for uh not an exact date yet but that'll be a really big project for gauge it's their first uh venue on the west coast so i can't wait to get out there it's gonna it looks brilliant and you bring up an interesting point there that echoes what we were speaking about uh, a little while a few episodes ago about brand engagement and how if you have if the brewer is, is seen as intrinsic to the brand, so you go, oh, that's so-and-so's beer rather than, you know, that's that brewery's beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it, I, I think it's a big advantage. So, yeah. yeah. If you'd like to be one of those people mm-hmm. and, but you don't have a brewery, well, guess what? Um, Victoria's Social Bandit Brewing Co. is up for sale. It is. So actually this one got listed like middle of last year, I believe. And, 
there were plans in the works uh, for the founder to go to New Zealand and blah, blah, blah. It's a lovely little brew pub from the looks of it in Victoria. Um, but COVID obviously scuppered that. Nobody wanted to make a massive decision like that while COVID was happening and while everything was closed. So uh, it, we, they relisted this one, um, but it's a really interesting little venue and I'm not sure if we'll see that many more of them on the market, but maybe. We've we've seen a few mo- bit of movement on the, that kind of sales and acquisitions type area. So we'll see, but it's apparently a good little opportunity. Um, they do about 150,000 litres a year, uh, a little bit of wholesale, but mainly at the brew pub. Um, so if you want to own a brewery, this is a sponsored post, by the way. If you want to own a brewery, uh, then give them a go. Well, it was. I mean, it was a sponsored post back what, then, a, a year ago when we <laughs> when we listed it, and now, uh, yeah. it you know, it, it's, it's kind, kind of, of like it still hasn't sold. So uh, when yeah. they, when they said that, and they'd, they'd lowered the price. Mm. Um, but you know, like it's <laughs> it, it's interesting, given what we've talked about brewery valuations recently on the podcast, and you know, equity crowdfunding that you know you can pick up a brewery. Done. Yeah. Um, you know. All done, all packaged, all venue sorted, all, of all that, there. You know, tourism district for $550,000 and it's kind of like, you know, that's what some breweries are raising. Um, that's mad, isn't it? Inequity crowdfunding, you know, for, for a fraction of it. So, um, yeah, it, it, it always bear that in mind when you're thinking of what a brewery is worth. Exactly. But, but also, I think, too, uh, for those who know uh, Mansfield, which is sort of, you know, at the foot of the, the hills of the high country there, um, it, it's a lifestyle as well. I mean, it, that's that, that's not saying it's it's not hard work. Um, but I think, too, a venue like that is as much about people coming in and having a feed and, and uh, welcoming families and all that sort of thing. And, and the beer is, I guess, kind of what attracts them there. But you, um, everything else is what makes them stay. Exactly. So good luck to uh, Jeff White and uh, in moving on to, to his next project. Is he still, I think he's still planning to. I think that was the Zealand. plan. I think that was the plan. Yeah. But obviously. Yeah. If Jacinda will let him in. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> she might, she oh, might just want to hang on to it for a little bit. <laughs> we, we might be uh, running this out again this time next year. Stay tuned. All right. <laughs> Right, well, that's it for the news. Thanks very much for joining us. If you need to get back to whatever it is that you're doing, or you can stay for a little thing we like to call Below the Fold. And Below the Fold, uh, we always start with Mailbag. Now, don't forget, you can review us on iTunes or send us in an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week, any of the comments, all those sorts of things. Um, you can do it uh, through email. You can uh, you know, tap us on the shoulder if you see us in a pub. Uh, or a brew, brewery, uh, you can join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. And the mailbag is thanks to our good friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. So head to www.nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail on all your social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. And don't forget to, uh, we ask you every week, but, you know, we don't ask much, but when we do, it's it's from the heart, um, that uh, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast if you like it and uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're happy to have, um, you know, any sort of constructive criticism uh, about the podcast as well. But, you know, give us five stars and then shit can us if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> just, just helps to defeat the uh, big tech algorithm. Um, that, it costs you nothing, but it helps other beer lovers uh, discover the podcast. Uh, what's in the mailbag this week, Claire? Oh, we've only got a couple of bits this week, actually. I think you'll remember the uh, Cerveza chat that Matt had with um, Jazz Beerin at Modus Operandi last week and we we're having a chat about um, brewers playing into those sort of more in quotation marks mainstream styles 
And Shane Jaspera says, uh, the market isn't evolving. Uh, they are just deciding to play in the 90% beer market instead of the 10% craft beer market. And Matt, I think you made a very good point afterwards, which was, why would you not? Surely that's like a good strategy. <laughs> it's not that the market isn't evolving. It's that canny players will adapt to a market that is evolving or, or evolve to you know where the market is is drinking. Yeah, breweries are putting their best face forward. You know, they're um, selling the the, 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 the vision and, and positioning themselves. And I guess it's our job um, as an industry publication to look at what this means for the industry. And, and that's, you know, when, you know, Jazz was doing the, um, you know, the, 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 ad. the ad pitch, um, <laughs> which, you know, is her job um, and, and, and what you'd expect. You know, I was sort of trying to bring it back to what it says about the industry. And, you know, it's it's not... Um, having a crack at anybody for, for, for doing this. It, it's, you know, it's a very crowded market. And I've, I've had a couple of conversations in the last week, um, you know, being interviewed for a, a, a couple of things and sort of talking about it. And, you know, ultimately, beer is a hedonistic pleasure. If you enjoy it, that's... That's all that matters. That's what that beer is there for. But, you know, um, so why wouldn't you chase that market? If it's there, the, the, the challenge though is that you know, as, as somebody else said, that you're going head to head with the big guys mm. who have who can do it far cheaper and cheaper. They can outspend you on advertising, you know, yeah, all, all of those sorts of things. Which incidentally is, is it always comes back to me where you know this craft beer identity or the indie seal or whatever needs to have such value to the consumer to justify you buying, you know, if, if it's just going to be a Mexican-style lager, when you can pick up, you know, the overpriced Mexican-style lager in the flint glass bottle, um, you need a very strong, powerful reason. You know, you're asking a lot of consumers to walk past and get it, and that's where, you know, the story of the brand um, comes in. So, yeah, no finger-pointing at them for doing it, but it, it, it is a really interesting closing of one part of the circle, you know, in, in an industry that used to decry fizzy yellow liquid. Yeah, yeah. and it did. Um, I uh, was out for the very first time in a long while on Tuesday night at Ale Stars at the local tap house and caught up with a few people. And uh, shout out to Brendan from uh, Kaiju Beer who um, complimented us on the uh, – he said it was a really interesting chat with, with Jazz and he could sort of see from a, a beer drinker's point of view and also as a, a, a beer industry professional's point of view, he could he could kind of hear both sides of the – um, of the story, but he, uh, yeah, he he um, made a point of congratulating you, Matt, on um, uh, your efforts to <laughs> cut cut through the ad and <laughs> and, and get that um, and get that. Uh, I, yeah, and, and again, I I would really hate that to be seen as criticism because that no, is no, their no, job to sell the beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. that's not what that's but not what that's not our to, audience. Like yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll leave that up to others to uh, add adjectives and you know fairy floss <laughs> yeah. to, and was to a good sell the beer. To, to yeah to, to sort of put a focus on where is the industry going if that's the the beer that we're moving towards and I just point out to you know um, if a brewery opened tomorrow and it had a, a, a Belgian wit uh, a dark lager uh, a porter a and a wheat beer you'd go mate you're not going to last very long in this caper and yet that was the that was the standard operating blueprint for you know, craft breweries, microbreweries, boutique breweries, uh, way back when. 
Mm. So it's all it's all just changing. You know? That's it. Well, the, the market's and you got to move with it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Go. But you got to follow the market. You can't. We're, we're too small to create the market. We've got to we've got to respond to the market. Yeah, and and look, if you've got five hundred breweries that are all playing in the hazy space, you know, and, and, and chasing that, you know, there are other opportunities out there. Yeah, yeah, you're all, you know, it, it's a thousand yeah. seagulls. You're fighting over, over the same a chip. small sp- piece of that pie then, aren't you? Yeah. And, I mean, Adam Gold says uh, on that same subject, there is no craft beer, just beer. Brewers have finally come to the sensible conclusion that to stay in business, they need to brew styles that people want to drink. Interesting about the craft beer thing. Do we think that's, is that fair? I think that still gets used a lot, though, craft, as in we are a craft brewer, we are a craft brewery, we make craft beer. Do you think that is now null and void, like, you don't, or is that fair to say? <laughs> it's a hard one, isn't it? Well, what do you mean by craft? It's like Matt, what we were saying the Matt's, other week. Matt's, what do you mean by artisan? Matt's got a T-shirt that might kind of sum up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it was even in a news headline this week, the Post. What? Card. Yeah, no, it, it was in the, in, in the Facebook group. Oh, um, I, right. I, I shared it in the Radio Brews News group. Um, oh, but, I would posit that craft is still a term used mostly by people oh, outside yeah. of the – like uh, the drinkers who are coming across from mainstream who just think of beer as beer – and Mate. for them, it's a bit of a way uh-huh. of differentiating it. But I don't think necessarily the uh, any brewers consider themselves to be craft brewers. No, and, and look, you know, if you go back, it, it used to do my head in when on beer lists you would have, you know, beers that are made under license um, on beer lists is imported. You know, the brand is international, but the beer itself isn't imported. So it, it just became a marketing term in the same way that premium – um, you know, mm. if, if you go back, was a beer that was selling for over $40 a carton, I think it was. You know, if it was over $40 a carton, that was premium as premium. opposed to the mid-strength yeah. that was in the low 30s. Um, it doesn't actually mean anything. It's just a descriptor for the kind of market that it's going for these days. And, you know, we, we debated endlessly what craft meant. And the discussions that we were having were meaningless. You know, they've just come to be meaningless because things like enzymes and um, adjuncts and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of the techniques that craft brewers are doing now saying that they're pushing boundaries were things that in the what is craft beer days were an anathema to, 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 to brewers. And, you know, it, it, it becomes a little bit like what real ale is and, you know, where, where you can sort of actually see it calcify if you too mm-hmm. slavishly adhere to definition so you know craft beer should uh, beer should continue to evolve and I, I think we are you know in, in a post-craft world where beer is beer um, but then you're sort of fighting for the various segment of the market that you operate in and craft is just a, a, a segment of that market as opposed to being a thing mm-hmm. mm. Mm. interesting i'm gonna have to ponder this yeah a late Mailbag item. It was. It's a this is what vanity piece for Claire. Yeah, it was a vanity. See, you get one, I get one. It's only fair, Pete. Um, <laughs> this was a really nice though from Gavin Spencer. Matt alluded to it earlier. A great episode this week with Eden Pink. <laughs> I should make one of you lot read this out. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> it sounds she super poncy. <laughs> super poncy when I say it myself. Uh, there were two things that I took away from the conversation. Firstly, how passionate and excited she is for the industry. If we ever need a rev up to keep us going on a crappy day or to share the excitement over a beer being made Eden seems to be the perfect person to be around and she was an absolute legend uh secondly how well Eden spoke about a very difficult issue she quite eloquently put how it's not just the big things but the small things we all need to get better at 
I found myself thinking or hoping I hadn't made my staff members clean up after me. <laughs> and I think that's such a fair point. I think we don't realise sometimes the things that we do that can affect people like that. Um, so just a little bit more awareness on that front is would be good. Uh, but no, props to Eden. She was amazing. Um, we had a crappy internet connection, but we managed to power through and uh, have a good old chat. Had a nice um, chat about Pink Boots. Uh, of which we're both members and has been really great at supporting women in the industry. And just generally, just her love of beer and, I mean, she's achieved the amazing like opportunity of having a beer named after her, which I think is inspirational. So, yeah, good on you and thank you, Gavin, for that. Much appreciated. Yeah, that was a good beer. And I don't know where they got their labels from. Um, I <gasps> but don't know if they labels. use Rowling's yeah, label yeah. stickers of packaging. I hope they do. Um, but the guys out at our good friends at Prancing Pony, if you are looking at, um, you know, perhaps doing a, a small run or something like that, you could uh, call 1300 852 235 and the guys at Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging would be more than happy to uh, to help you out. And uh, we mentioned last week that they're um, a business that's not just about, you know, trying to flog labels and stuff like that because they also flog blank cartons, can trays, tap decals, barcodes, shrink sleeves, the whole the whole thing. Um, you don't even need a machine. They'll, they'll do it all for you. But um, they're putting their money where their mouth is and supporting the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show Beer Awards uh, as the as the major sponsor. And I can't, is it are they the champion? No, it's not the champion trophy, is it, Matt? It's the is it the the uh, champion new brewery award? Uh, I think it that rings a bell. Yeah. We'll, uh, yeah. I, I'll go, if you go, go to the website, it'll be well on. There. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show. Beer rewards. We've really got to just say Queensland Beer Awards, don't we? But yeah, well done to the the guys at Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging for um for supporting the industry. That's and it. you can do the same if you need, you know. Uh, anything else? I just popped on the bottom uh, an article. Now, sorry, Pete, this is just this morning that it got published anyway. Um, so Daniel Ridd, a uh, listener of ours, um, really engaged and has his own blog about the beer industry. Uh, he wrote a really interesting article, and I got a little look at it before it was published, so thank you for that, Daniel. Um, but Matt's posted it on the uh, Facebook group today as well, uh, and it's an interesting one because we'd had these exact conversations about going into like a bottle shop and having a look at uh, what the the spread is in terms of private label, so Pinnacle Drinks owned. And we'd actually talked we'd about doing a survey yeah, um, yeah. before Daniel has gone out and done the survey himself. So we had the same thought, exactly, which was really cool. But what I really liked about um, Daniel's was that he'd compared it to one that he'd done last year. So he had a little look, um, and we're talking about purely the what they consider the craft beer fridge and whether how, look, look, what proportion of it was independent and what proportion of it was, you know, Pinnacle Drinks owned, um, which is their, if you don't know, is their... Um, in-house brand where they develop their own products uh, which often as we've mentioned before mimic that of the other brewers independent brewers smaller brewers that uh, are also their suppliers so it was a really interesting one and I definitely should think you should give it a read but this bottom line is the the number of private label products in the fridge obviously this is just a snapshot of one bottle shop uh, but they've gone up uh, which we were not surprised about, but it was interesting to see that um, there are actual numbers there for it. So the IBA, I know, um, in their submission to the ACCC, they obviously mentioned that Endeavour, um, they, they really put them next door to Lion 
uh, and CUB, just basically saying, you know, these are potentially a competitor to the independent brewers uh, across Australia. So just something to keep an eye out. And if you do care, check the back, make sure that even though the price looks a little bit, a little bit nice, uh, just if you care about that, check that it's definitely an independent brewer, uh, not a Pinnacle Drinks. So, And I think that's all we can do really on that one because you can't tell them not to do it. And I don't think CUB and Lion are at the point where they would say are threatened enough to say anything to Endeavour. So you got to live with it, don't you? That's it. Just make sure you're aware if that's something that you care about. Yeah, and it's all it's about education, but it's also about, um, you know, we <laughs> this time five years ago, we were probably com- lamenting that it was just so hard to find any sort of uh, range or any sort of anything different from the mainstream in, mm. um, you know, a BWS or whatever it is. And we've kind of got, I guess, you know, so much choice now. But, uh, yeah, if it, if it means something to you, um, then, you know, stay tuned to people like us because we'll let you know. Absolutely. We'll tell you what's what. Yeah. Yeah, we're not saying buy one over the other or don't buy one or whatever, but mm-hmm. just saying uh, here's how to tell. There you go. Yep. Cool. And it's certainly good, I guess, from a uh, branding point of view for um, for emerging styles of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's probably uh, law of unintended consequences or it's one of those, you know, hidden benefits uh, or can seem like a benefit because, you know, uh, it, it it puts in the hands of people who would not otherwise have drunk it. You know, if, you, if you're if you're always just drinking Carlton Draft or Great Northerns or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and then you see something that's oh, actually that's a, that's a pretty good price. It's on special, or it's you know it's the you know the Dan Murphy's My Dan's Club. You know, sometimes they have a like their monthly member specials and that sort of thing. Oh, and you yeah. see them at the front of, at the front of the aisles, and you see people walking past, and you go, I'm looking at them, and I'm going, okay, in his trolley, he's got you know slab of Corona and a slab of Great Northerns, but he's looking at a, you know, a pale ale or a, you know, a tropical lager or, you know, whatever it might be. Not necessarily a, uh, an independent, but um, it's just something different to what he's looking at. So yeah. I do apologise if, um, if you've, you've got heard. some bird twittering sounds. birds. Yeah, you like Snow White. practising his bird calls. <laughs> That's it. I've got a cockatoo that, um, that pops in normally between three and five of an afternoon and he popped in... I don't know whether he could hear me, but he. I thought oh, I might have to just mute my mic here because he calls out to let me know that he's he's there. So if you heard a few peeps from him, that's Fred. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's all. Is there anything oh, else yeah. to discuss in Below the Fold? Oh, I don't think so. I don't I think don't so. Know, uh, just... One thing I will say is that last week we gave a free plug to uh, Bluestone Yeast. Oh, yeah. Uh, with, 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 and, uh, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, it's you, you say something off the cuff and uh-huh. it's funny the sort of response you get. And a lot of people have been uh, going out and trying the uh, um, 3.5 uh, and, and the, the, the brewer, who I didn't know listened to the podcast, yeah. um, obviously had, had it brought to his attention, which was nice, um, <laughs> or heard awesome. it himself. Um, but then Bluestone Yeast actually had a couple of people uh, reaching out and subscribing to on on the back of it, so <laughs> brilliant. They're actually going to come on as sponsors of a semi regular, uh, you know, beer of the week. Yes, uh, no way! I can't believe that. So beware, be prepared for more <laughs> ads, people. Um, but from a very good business and uh, you know, somebody somebody who is an avid listener and wants mm. to help. Make sure exactly. we keep doing it's this. It's not an advertiser, it's a supporter. So Bluestone Yeast, Bluestone Yeast. I don't think it even starts yet. And speaking of Bluestone Yeast, uh, big news out this week. New edition of Rattenhund. Oh, oh really? yeah. I've yes. seen, I've seen, I saw someone posted that in the Facebook group. 
So what are yeah. they, Pete? Yeah, well, let, let's make that our beer for the week. Hey. But one of the things I was actually mulling over this week was, you know, talking about Pilsners <laughs> as increasingly happens um, <laughs> and how magic a beer like that uh, was. But it was a one-off release that happened to win, you know, I, I believe it was just a, a one-off release that happened that to win the, the champion yes. trophy, which kind of makes it very hard to retire. Not do it again. And it mm. creates hype and awareness and people wanting to try it, which is what a award should do. But I'd, I would be really interested in finding out if there's any pressure on them to, you know, when it's one-off release, they did really made it special. And, you know, is there any pressure to shorten the time frames or, you know, not cut corners in a negative sense, but just make yeah, it yeah, no, more commercially I, realistic? Yeah, I, no, they, I, I don't think... You, well, you couldn't make that beer without the... Now is it eight or ten? Eight weeks. It's at least eight weeks mm. in, in in lagering, and that's not after we packaged it. We you know cool store it to to kind of you know lager it on small scale. This is like lagering in the in the in the ferment in the you know the bright tank. Look, the risk would be that people go you know I, I was just so enamoured of it or I'd heard all about it, and and then if it doesn't blow your hat off, do you, are you then disappointed? But I don't think it. I don't think that would happen. But I think you create a monster for yourself in a good way because uh, there'll be people, you know, pre-ordering it or wanting to get their hands on it uh, as soon as it comes out. Then, boom, it's all gone again and you've got to wait until, you know, next year. Maybe. I don't know. But it came out during, what was it? Oh, it was the end of summer, I suppose, wasn't it? Mm. End of summer into, when was, yeah, so May was the AIBA's Good Beer Week, et cetera. Um, and then they're rebrewing it again in November. Oh, there we go. Interest, it'll be interesting to see. Well, we make that our uh, first official. Well, actually, it's not even official because I don't think they've. I think we've still got to call it the un- unsponsored beer of the week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, Good one. Coming, coming soon to this space, a new ad from Bluestone. <laughs> <Coming soon. laughs> you yeah. know, like those coming soon, a new burger bar um, for, 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 for this space. So, anyway. uh, well, I will throw into that mix, and yes, I paid for it full whack retail. Thank you. Um, I had a both a Czech pilsner and a German pilsner uh, from Stomping Ground. Oh, okay. And absolutely spot on, just Very sensational. Nice. Nice. Really, really Very good. Nice. We we yeah. do have yeah. to find beers other than Pilsners for the uh, <laughs> for, for the beer of the week. Um, yeah. Just yeah. just saying. Yeah, no, and lagers because last week it was like a, it was a lager, and somebody <laughs> just said, "Did you really really enjoy it that much?" And it was it was kind of a little bit where you know when suddenly someone because you, you've made a big thing about a beer mm. that like it was spectacular for its lack of awesome, you know, like it, it's it was the just. Exactly as a beer should be, and so you end up over hyping something that shouldn't be hyped at all, <laughs> except that it's just so as it should be that it kind that's of stands good, that's out. That's good though. What do, you want? Well, what do you want it to be? But, what do you want it to be? Pure gold. Well, no, because then, well, but not that's, no, but, but that's what I'm saying, that, and, and that's the thing. But then, you know, was it really that good? And I'm going, well, well, no. It did what it did. Yes, but but, yeah, but in not being anything special, it was that was what made it special. (laughs) Which is anyway, it's kind of like one of those magnets that floats between two things and just (laughs) exists. But yeah, so don't go drinking expecting unicorns tears, um, or (laughs) you know, it's not going to change your life or anything like that. But it's just a beer that you can have and enjoy. But it might because if you're one of these people who. uh, you know, particular, and I'm, you know, I'm talking to 
hashtag craft people now who shit can lager because you know that's what the big guys brew and that's what you know bogans drink mm. um and it, yeah it, it's, it's such a and and look shout out to um to blackman's because they their series of you know different different lagers i think is a really good example of you know it's not just um a, a pale australian style lager with you know moderately hopped and you know minimal bitterness it's it, 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 there's a, a broad spectrum in the same way that pale ale you say well do you like pale ale so well what do you mean do you mean you know that 50 lashes one or uh you know <laughs> Sierra nevada torpedo i mean they're all pale ales aren't they so and there's uh, coopers in between you know and, and a thousand either side of that okay yeah all right um are we exhausted is that it we done? I think we are, actually. I think we nice whizzed through that pretty quick. Well, well, That's okay. All of those times time. that we go over time, you Make know. Make up for it, yeah. yeah. So we're just giving That's you 15 it. minutes of your life back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so on that note, with thanks to Prime Malt, Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging and New Zealand Ale Trail and... Soon to be. So new, soon <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks very much for, uh, for joining us. Uh, you guys got anything planned this week? Chuck Hahn's 50th. Dinner oh, is being yeah. held in um, Melbourne. Uh, oh, sorry, in Sydney next week, oh. and I was invited down to that. And it was a real. It, it's been rescheduled twice because of lockdowns and mm. three uh, times. Oh, is it three? Oh, I think yep. it's, I think this is the third time. Oh yes, yeah. So, you know, I had, I had to sort of think. Well, you know, I can go down and then just home well, quarantine for up. two weeks. Mm. Um, because you know, like again, Chuck is. Um, you know, a legend, and obviously uh, James Atkinson's awesome documentary podcast that apparently, for a beer pod, you know, was just wasn't outside of the top ten food podcasts um, for for a week, um, and deservedly so because it was just uh, so much work involved in doing that, so much time. Um, that, but yeah, um, go go listen to it if you haven't already. Podcast listeners, drinks adventures, I should say. Wednesday, November the twenty fourth. Yep. Yep. For, uh, for Chuck's. But it's invitation only, so if you haven't got an invitation, don't. Well, I've got an invitation that I can't take up, so if anyone yes, wants to. I, and uh, also unavailable. <laughs> Which is a shame. You know, yeah. I didn't know. You, just... Yeah, there you go. I didn't realise you were invited, Pete. That would have been, uh, we would have been a meet in the middle. Yeah, there we go. Uh, all right, so on that note, again, uh, thanks to Crime Alt, Rellings Label, Stickers and Packaging and New Zealand Ale Trail for making it all possible. Enjoy your week. That's it for this week. But until next week, Drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, and in fact, be excellent to each other. And wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.